On this week's Big Tech Show, when will cars safely drive themselves on our streets? And who in Ireland is providing the technology to help them do that? We talk to one of the country's biggest automotive autonomy entrepreneurs. I have BMW Drive Assist in my own vehicle and it is much, much safer because we are all prone to distraction, especially when we're on the motorway from Limerick to Dublin, for example. We've all been there where you actually forgot a whole section of the road. So I would say if you take it from a safety perspective and it does allow you to kind of relax. The Big Tech Show, available on all podcast platforms. On the latest episode of Real Health with me, Carl Henry, I'm delighted to be joined by international best-selling author Heman Sunim, telling us what to do when things don't go your way. When we are, you know, very young and have a first love and the first love did not work out, we feel as though this is the end of the world. However, we learn that is not the case. We move on. We find some other people. We begin to see that uh, when things don't go your way, uh, maybe it's not the end. As ever, we're available on all podcast platforms. This is an Irish independent podcast. Today on the Indo Daily, why is Robert De Niro on trial? Robert De Niro is in a duel of lawsuits with his former assistant who accuses him of sexual and verbal harassment. From taxi driver and raging bull to real life courtroom drama, Robert De Niro is in the dock. De Niro and his company have countersued, saying she stole from both he and the company. The legendary actor stands accused of gender discrimination and workplace bullying as his former assistant seeks $12 million in damages. Former personal assistant Graham Chase Robinson seeking $12 million, alleging the 80-year-old used sexist comments toward her, assigned what she claims are stereotypically female job duties that were inconsistent with her job title, and paid her less than a male colleague. It's a Hollywood production worthy of the big screen, with De Niro launching explosive tirades from the witness stand while denying claims of major misconduct. When he took the stand a few days ago, to say that he didn't take it lying down would be an understatement. At one stage, he shouted, raised his voice, said that this is all nonsense. He agrees with some elements of it, but thinks that he's being taken for a ride. I'm Fianon Sheehan, and today on the Indo-Daily, I'm joined by Dave Hanratty of the Irish Independent to take the temperature of a fiery legal battle and ask what effect it could have on the actor's Oscar chances. Dave, what's Robert De Niro doing in court in the first place? Robert De Niro is waiting for a verdict that he hopes will exonerate him from claims of toxic a toxic workplace environment, gender discrimination, generally kind of bullying his ex is executive assistant, but she has a lofty title, which we'll get to, has essentially brought him into, into the dock. And now he's sitting there in a Manhattan federal court uh, having to listen to all kinds of allegations which do not make him sound good at all. Now, this is an actor that we all love seeing in most films that he's in. He deserves a lot of respect for what he's done on the screen. But if this is proven to be the case, uh, like I say, it doesn't look good. Who is Graham Chase Robinson? So Graham Chase Robinson is his former assistant. Now she had this lofty title of Vice President of Production and Finance, which would sound as if someone, you know, at his production company is making huge moves in terms of making films and getting things made. But it appears that her job was to be at his beck and call 24-7. She first took up the role when she was 25 years old back in 2008, and then in 2019 
De Niro and his production company filed a, a $6 million lawsuit against her, alleging that she wasn't doing her job, alleging that she was binging Netflix all day, running up his air miles, using his expenses to, in fancy restaurants and that kind of thing. She countersued for double that amount, $12 million, claiming emotional distress and reputational damage. And like I say, this has been in the courts now for about four years. And finally, we had the scenes there in the last few days of De Niro on the stand um, not in a great mood, so to speak. So she is, it's it's two parties suing each other and essentially it's he said, she said situation. How much was she making in this role as pretty much an assistant, but as you say, executive vice president for production and finance of his production company? Yeah, according to legal documents, she was making $300,000 a year, which, you know, sounds reasonable for an assistant. I mean, uh, it should be said as well that the job... Well, yeah, yeah, that's a lot for an assistant, <laughs> yeah. but... Yeah. Well, the job of a Hollywood assistant is yeah. very different to the job of a regular clerical officer, I have to imagine. And I mean, like, I don't know. I mean, like, by the sounds of things, the demands are extremely high. And for three hundred grand a year, I don't know. I think I'm willing to put up with it for one or two months. So in court, we've had... Robert De Niro's personality coming across here, more akin to, to scenes you'd, you'd see in one of his, his movies. I'm, I'm reminded of him in The Untouchables playing Al Capone, shouting at Kevin Costner. So what has transpired inside in court and how has Robert De Niro come across? He is being accused of all kinds of things. Robert De Niro is in a duel of lawsuits with his former assistant who accuses him of sexual and verbal harassment. Chase Robinson filed her $12 million lawsuit yesterday. The two-time Oscar winner sued Robinson back in August for $6 million after she stopped working for his production company. It should be noted that the original complaint, you know, what has been put forward to him, and I quote, Robert De Niro is someone who has clung to old mores. He does not accept the idea that men should treat women as equals. He does not care that gender discrimination in the workplace violates the law. And Chase Robinson is a casualty of this attitude. That is what has been alleged towards him. That's what has been put towards him. But when he took the stand a few days ago, uh, to say that he didn't take it lying down would be an understatement. He was very quick to respond in a very terse fashion. At one stage, he shouted, raised his voice, said that this is all nonsense. He disagrees with what is being put towards him pretty much completely. He, like He agrees with some elements of it, but thinks that he's being taken for a ride. To see De Niro reduced to this figure in a federal courtroom, it's not what we're used to at all. This is a man who commands an awful lot of power in Hollywood and beyond. And so I think it's interesting that he kind of forgot his place at one stage and he asked, you know, can I ask a question? And was told quite quickly, no, you no. can't. So, you know, all the world's a stage, but in, in the courtroom, De Niro has to accept that he's actually kind of one of the lower players. What particular allegations was he most irked by? So... Essentially, what we have here is a case of him saying that his requests of Chase Robinson, Graham Chase Robinson, were completely reasonable. She alleges not the case at all. Instances such as, say, calling her during a funeral of a family member. De Niro says, I did call her, but I didn't know that she was at a funeral. That's a total accident. An incident of him calling her in the middle of the night, and this is where he kind of snapped back and shouted in the courtroom again and said, it's because I fell down the stairs and I cracked my back. He said that he managed to you know, get himself back to bed at one or two in the morning, but he was in so much pain that he called her at 5 a.m. So it's the case of being demanded and, you know, kind of an assistant who should have like a separate life to what they have here. There's also the thing about how he allegedly asked her to scratch his back. Robinson claims the actor made her scratch his back, button his shirt, do his laundry and prod him awake in his hotel room. Now, he says, that's true, I did, but there was no lewdness or disrespect involved. So I don't know how you kind of break that down from a legalese perspective, but yeah. And Dave, what's the thing about a voicemail? 
So allegedly from De Niro, there is audio. You can hear a voice on it that sounds a lot like De Niro. It emerged in 2019, sent from him to Chase Robinson. How dare you disrespect me? How, how much you did? The lawsuit includes a vulgar voicemail De Niro allegedly made to Robinson in 2012, calling her a spoiled brat. And you don't answer my call? How dare you? You're, you're, you're about to be fired. You're history. It's quite loud, quite angry, and it says, you know, you're living in Spain and you're upset with me. You tell me how nice you have it and your life over there and you don't answer my calls. How dare you? You're about to be fired. Your history. So that is what is alleged came directly from him in the and it's been released since 2019. Tell us about the involvement of his girlfriend, Tiffany Chen. How does she come into all this? Tiffany Chen and Robert De Niro have been in a relationship since 2015. They met on the set of the film The Intern. She was a martial arts instructor, and since then it appears to be quite a harmonious relationship. They even had a child just a few months ago, despite De Niro being the sprightly age of 80 years young. Tiffany Chen is a major player in this because Chase Robinson alleges that she was commanded to perform tasks not just for Robert De Niro, but also for Tiffany Chen. De Niro counters this by saying that we work together. We are one person, and therefore, any job you do for me, you also do for my girlfriend. But there's also a list of text messages and emails sent from Tiffany Chen to Rob De Niro, in which she speaks very disparagingly of Chase Robinson, questions her attitude in the workplace, questions her ability to perform her job, and also, and this is pretty key, insinuates that Chase Robinson is trying to ingratiate herself from a romantic point of view, and I guess, oust Tiffany Chen. Just to be clear, this is not a Me Too era type lawsuit. Chase Robinson is not making any sexual allegations or or anything like that against Robert De Niro. But on the flip side, you have the De Niro side claiming actually she was in some way infatuated with him. Yeah, exactly. This is a civil case. There's no criminal element here at all. And there is no question at all of any kind of sexual allegation whatsoever. But there is the claim that, you know, De Niro's girlfriend, Tiffany Chen, at one stage referred to it as a single white female situation, was referring to a a mid-90s erotic thriller about how someone tries to supplant someone's life and just take it over. So the allegation is that Chase Robinson was trying to just get in there and be the new Mrs. De Niro and take all of the expenses and fortune that comes with that. So it's very bitter. This is a very bitter and quite entertaining, more entertaining than some of De Niro's recent films, you could say, trial for us all to kind of watch from the public gallery. But it's also really, really petty. It's quite vicious and vindictive. And at one stage, again, De Niro in court, losing his temper, shouted, shame on you, Chase Robinson, you know, presumably thrusting his hand in the air as he would on the screen. So it has broken down. You know, he says, yes, you know, I did ask a lot of this person and it is a demanding job. But at the same time, no, there's no hint of any kind of romantic allegation. De Niro, for his part, though, it should be said, has said that maybe my girlfriend was right about the romantic insinuation. Okay, so he he's saying he was picking up on that too. Tell us about a few of the more petty allegations that have been thrown around here. The decoration and furnishing of the apartment. Yeah, there's a situation where Chase Robinson was apparently called out of nowhere to come and just move some paintings. You know, we can't do that. That's what we are insistent for. And let's be fair here, this is Hollywood culture. De Niro's not going to move paintings himself. He's an eight-year-old man, and he's a legendary film star, so I'll get my assistant to do that. So there's a case that Tiffany Chen requested Chase Robinson come to the house and move some paintings around, which De Niro says, yeah, that did happen, but that's in her job description, isn't it? We can get into that later on, whether or not she even had a job description. 
You're vice president of finance and production of, of his production company. It looks and good on the business card. you to move card. paintings, right? Okay. Yeah, it looks good on the business card. I don't know if it actually uh, translates into what she was doing. And there is, you know, there was a, a major kind of interest in this is the fact that you have, it's common in these situations with celebrity assistants when they are put with the celebrity that there isn't actually a definitive and clear list of what is expected of them. And these are your duties. These are the jobs we want you to carry out. And once you're in, the goalposts get moved all the time. And in terms of the pettiness as well, there's also an allegation from Tiffany Chen towards Graham Chase Robinson where she says that Graham Chase Robinson booked a private flight from Antigua to New York for them, but failed to include catering, onboard catering, and she says, oh, this wasn't just an admin error. This was a psychological move. This was done on purpose to undermine us. So this is what we're dealing with. Yeah, I suppose the problem is, and this has come up in the case, the job description. It was basically a job where she was supposed to do everything that the star wanted to have done. But in a modern day context of strict employment laws and so on, there wasn't a specific job description here, and that seems to have been the problem. And it'll be very interesting to see if there's a precedent for this, if this actually gets them into some legal trouble, because if you hire someone for a job, especially in this instance where, you know, you're a high-profile public figure, you're paying an awful lot of money, you're in the public eye, and something like this could happen if there is a massive split in the workplace. If you haven't given your employee a direct, you know, here's what I expect of you in the contract, and then you keep changing the rules, I think it's accepted that in this world, things are just different. You know, you have to adhere to the the whims of the Hollywood machine. But if Chase Robinson says, well, none of this was in my contract, none of this was asked of me, and then I just kept doing it until a certain point, and now I'm being told that I was a terrible employee and that I wasn't good at my job. So which is it? That is what is being contested here. How long is this trial going to go on for? And of course, it's before a judge. It's not before a, a jury because it's a civil case. So at what point do we, we find out who wins here? Yeah, and the tragedy is that it isn't televised, unfortunately, because it is quite box office. Friday, we are expecting a verdict on Friday. You know, De Niro has been in the dock already. He's kind of had a lot of stuff put his way. He'll have the chance to kind of do similar. Now, I say he, it'll be his legal team because once again, De Niro has to remember that he's not actually a Hollywood trial lawyer. He has played them before, but not in this instance. So we are expecting a verdict this week. Okay, and pretty high stakes. I mean, De Niro multi-millionaire so presumably he has 12 million in the bank here if that's what it, what it comes down to Chase Robinson wouldn't have anything resembling the amount of money that, that she has been, been sued for so this is effectively it might be his reputation on the line but it's this other person's livelihood basically that's it here that is what she is contesting now she has said that the emotional distress of this has been so bad that she's been afraid to leave her house She's also said that, you know, she's effectively ruined from a reputation point of view. How is she going to get a job in this town again? And this is Hollywood. You hear that line all the time. You'll never work in this town again. We're not saying De Niro said that to her or anything, mm. but that is the attitude that you would expect. And so if what is she saying is to be correct, this has had such a genuinely horrible impact on her. But yeah, from a reputational point of view for De Niro, he stands to lose a lot here in terms of not just money. Because it, like I say, none of this looks good. It, it exposes, if true, it exposes him as a terrible person to work for. We don't know if that is the case. However, at the same time, he's 80 years of age. He's currently on screen in a Martin Scorsese movie. His name is a verb for what it is to be a great actor. I think the general public will look the other way, even if it does not go his way in court. So his behavior in court, the grumpy old man, very spiky, very aggressive. Is this a shock to, to learn this of the, the previously mild man of Robert De Niro? Or is this the kind of reputation he had in Hollywood? 
He's an interesting character. He obviously commands a ton of respect on the film set. And, you know, this has been reflected in many of the roles over the years and the way critics talk about him, the way that directors work with him. Martin Scorsese has worked with him 10 times. That does not happen if you are impossible to work with. At the same time, if you look at him in an interview situation, he's always very kind of shy and awkward. He's not quite the charismatic figure that you see on the screen. And that's fine. You don't have to be what you are on screen, off screen. But he's definitely tetchy. And he doesn't suffer fools gladly. Donald Trump, in particular, is someone who's been in his sights for a very long time. He's made numerous broadsides towards him. But generally, the scenario that you see on screen is a lot more charismatic than the one that you don't see on screen. He tries to live a private life and has mostly been successful with that. And that's another reason why something like this is actually very, very embarrassing for him. Yeah, and you'd have to say uh, as well, while he's had wonderful highlights to his career taxi driver. You talking to me? You talking to me? Well, who the hell else are you talking to? Talking to me? The Godfather role where he wins so many awards for basically only speaking, I think, 17 words of English in that role of, of the, the original Vito Corleone. What's the legacy like in more recent years? Because we've had a lot of trash, really. I mean, he's he certainly hasn't done the kind of Daniel Day-Lewis thing of only doing top quality movies. There's been a lot of rubbish done in recent times. Dirty grandpa being right up there. Yeah, and like, listen, I mean, Daniel Day-Lewis is the outlier in this situation. He managed to have this incredible body of work where he just got to go, I'm done now, bye. But for a likes of a De Niro and an Al Pacino, at a certain point, they just decide to take these roles where uh, they seem to just debase themselves over and over again. I think it's interesting because at a certain point, that became the norm. But then at the same time, De Niro can pop up in, say, Killers of the Flower Moon, which he's in right now, and be incredible in it. And we kind of forget the Dirty Grandpas, and we forget the kind of the war on Grandpa, and we forget all these other terrible films he's been in for a long time. The legacy, I think, ultimately, when a day comes, many years from now, hopefully, when we're writing the obituary of a Robert De Niro, the footnote, it'll be a footnote when it comes to these bad movies. Like, you'll lead with Raging Bull, you'll lead with Goodfellas, you'll lead with Taxi Driver, Casino, The Irishman, which he's brilliant in as well. And the bad stuff will be kind of put to the side. It's a strange one. I think he's done enough. He's, his impact has been so great at a certain point that we revere him. And you can just get away with it. Like I say, Al Pacino, very, very similar career. What about his Oscar chances for Killers of the Flower Moon? Because it, it is a top class uh, movie it has been spoken about at that level but can something like this in the background impact the members of the academy who are voting because they're looking at the movie and then they're thinking nah I really don't want to vote for this guy uh, Hollywood is a strange town because they court scandal yet seem to kind of run away from it and I think with De Niro time will be on his side here because the verdict's going to be delivered this week the Oscars don't run, roll around until next spring by that point this will probably be forgotten about and the performance in Kills the Fire Moon is so good and people are kind of saying it's going to get him his first Oscar in over 40 years that he's got a very strong chance I think it's between him and Robert Downey Jr. for Oppenheimer at this point so that's my big prediction next year at the Oscars a man named Robert will go home with the best supporting actor Oscar Jolly good and and uh, we'll see, of course, if Killian Murphy is up there winning uh, the, the best uh, actor uh, Oscar. Finally, he's hit 80 now. He's going through this case, which is perhaps casting him in, in another light. 
he still runs this uh, film festival. He's still involved in, in a lot of movies. Any sign of him heading for retirement? Don't think so. Yeah, you mentioned Tribeca, which is his baby from a film festival point of view. He has a production company. I have a theory, it may not be accurate, but I have a theory that when it comes to a Martin Scorsese or Robert De Niro and Al Pacino, the people who work in entertainment in particular, that you have to keep going. You don't stop until you literally cannot go anymore. And I think it's the fact that they keep picking roles and keep working that keeps them out there, keeps them alive, keeps them in the public eye, keeps them on the screen, keeps them in our hearts in many ways. De Niro has never made any kind of, you know, noises as to, well, I'm going to do two more films and retire. I think he's just going to keep going. And I will say, though, you know, Kills the Fire Moon, be a hell of a one to retire on. He may well have another direct-to-video one next week, but it won't affect the legacy. And my thanks to Dave Hanratty. I'm Fiona Sheehan, and today's episode of the Indo-Daily was produced by Tabitha Monaghan, researched by Darren Nolan and Dave Hanratty, with sound by Niall McMonigle. Archive clips from CNN, CBS News, Fox News and the Academy Awards. If you enjoy the Indo-Daily, don't forget to like, follow and leave us a review. Remember, you can stay up to date on the latest news with the Irish Independent WhatsApp channel, 0818-715-715.